sir. Yes, sir. Everything is easier the second time, but that first time is hard. That first time is a grind. But the thing is, most people quit that first time. Most people meet difficulty that first time. And they think every time is going to be that hard when it's not. The, the, the dynamic duo is back. Turn this up. Let's go, baby. Tweet talk episode 85. It's lit. So you think your sneakers look good, huh? Check this out. <laughs> Even the most exclusive sneakers once purchased look identical to everybody else's sneakers. Can I get a holla holla? So how do you take your boring regular sneakers and convert them to unique dynamic sneakers that will stand out? Yo, that answer is easy. You need to get, get, get laced with Get Lace Shoelaces. Yeah, Get Lace is a lifestyle shoelace retailer dedicated to inspiring customers through a unique combination of products, creativity, and cultural understanding. We just want you to upgrade your sneakers. So get laced. Visit GetLacedLaces.com or check us out on Instagram at GetLaced.com. Underscore. Upgrade your sneakers with a black-owned business that provides international shipping, wholesale, custom, and fundraising options. Upgrade them sneakers, baby. He's a genius, man. Get yours today at GetLaceLaces.com. Premium sneakers need premium laces. Tweet dope. When it sounds like to be the best. This is a Black Wealth Podcast. Build wealth, invest, own, and close the wealth gap. It's time to break down these financial concepts with your host, Mr. Todd Meganet himself, Charles Oglesby, and Raphael Husband. Episode Randy Moss. No, Ocho episode Ocho Cinco, man. Right, right. Episode Ocho Cinco. Chad Johnson is lit, man. Ocho Cinco, Dynamic Duels back. This is Raphael, co-host. Oglesby. Yep, yep, yep. Dynamic Duels back. Yeah, man. The streets, the streets been asking for this one. They're like, man, when when is the next episode dropping? Well, the the next episode is dropping now, so we got that that fire. Raphael definitely held down the ship while I was gone. I've heard some really good episodes and really good questions. Raphael is a good interviewer. He asks a lot of good questions in a good linear fashion. And he pulls out a lot of value from the guests. I was impressed. Man. Thank you, brother. I mean, definitely got better over it's like a year and a half. I mean, it's true what they say, man. You you be improved by doing. Like if I go back and listen to like that first couple of episodes, man, it's scary. Like you think, <laughs> you you think like, oh man, I'm not doing nothing, and then you go back and see what, how it was before. It's like, yeah. whoa, came a long way. Oh wait! So do things, people. Just do things. You will get better regardless. I mean, right? No matter what, you gotta get better. It will just happen almost automatically if you if you put in the effort to get better. You will get better. That's that's the biggest key. So man, it's been about two months since we recorded together. You think so? I it's been about a maybe about two months. Maybe the last yeah, episode we months. dropped. Yeah, it was about two months. Man, took a hiatus from recording, but you weren't exactly on vacation. See you. I said I said you took a hiatus from recording, but you weren't exactly on vacation for these last two months. I guess you could say that. I don't know. I see you've been putting in some work. Bought the truck. I mean, you bought the truck right before we recorded last. Well, you I mean it was like it was Christmas, so it was more so like holiday times, just spending time with the family. And then January hit, and I told people I was like, January feels like a big Monday. A lot of people are like, <laughs> "Man, 2021 is lit. We're gonna be doing so much stuff." And then 2021 came, and people are like, "Got Trump people marching on the White House. You got right. like all these different crazy things going on." And for me, I kind of just decided I'm gonna start my year in February and good, just go hard. Choice. I just didn't. I didn't. I didn't like. I didn't feel like doing anything in January. So I didn't do anything in January. Just manage my stock portfolio. And you got that option, brother. <laughs> I was thinking, man, people, people are like, you know, everybody was only like 2020. I'm glad that's over. I'm glad when 2020 is over. So much stuff happened in 2020, which is true. 2020 definitely was the start, but you think 2020 was the start? I mean, look at just January of 2021. How many books right. you think I think there's going to be a lot of books about just January 2021. Yeah. Storm in the Capitol, GameStop. The impeachment, right? The GameStop fiasco, 100%. Netflix, within, in less than two weeks, Netflix announced that they were developing a movie about the whole GameStop situation. <laughs> like, yeah, that was, that was intense. Like, it's not even over yet. Like, less than two weeks. It's still going on. They already moving on it, man. They got to they gotta act fast. If you don't get it, somebody else is going to get it from you. I was looking and I saw that Netflix, I think, 
think has like 200 million subscribers, I think is the number. And Disney Plus has like 160 million. And Disney Plus has been around for like eight months. <laughs> and they were like, they're just gaining on them. So I could definitely see the sense of urgency. And you just kind of wanted to lock that in. Maybe they do it a year from now, two years from now. Maybe they do it a few months from now. But they're definitely having to compete. It's hard. Yeah, I think uh, actually, I don't know why they think this is a good idea, but Paramount Pictures is coming up with a, a streaming service as well. Yeah, I saw that, man. I saw that, and it kind of made me mad because it it kind of like the whole purpose of this was to, was cutting the cord, right? So you cut the cord, you go to a more affordable, more affordable service, which would be through streaming, and now you package up all these different things, and you're paying probably more than cable. <laughs> Uh, right man it's like and now you can't if you want to watch a movie you got to be on that platform you want to watch this other movie, you got to be on that platform it's like yeah. all these exclusive platforms yeah and i realized like man i had disney plus free for a year and then it's like boom the bill hits it's like man i don't want to be paying for this i definitely don't want i don't want to be paying for netflix and hulu and disney plus and all kinds of stuff i was yeah. thinking to myself be back to the cable back to cable the worst part about it is like i just started watching billions and so it popped up on my amazon prime and my Amazon Prime allows me to get access to other streaming services. So Amazon Prime right. will give me BT Plus. It'll give me uh, HBO. It'll give me Showtime. It'll give me mm -hmm. something else out there. I'm forgetting. But anyway, I've had HBO because I was using it to watch like Hard Knocks and things like that. And I also had BT Plus just because I just had it to kind of like watch Tyler Perry stuff. Mm -hmm. But I started watching Billions and I watched the first episode. And then after the first episode went off, I said, if you want to continue, you just have to <laughs> sign up for Showtime. And I was like, I thought this was HBO. I didn't know it was on Showtime. Yeah. Yeah. So now I got now I got the free trial and then it's going to click over and start charging me. But it's like I kind of would rather have it, but it's definitely adding up. Yeah, Billions is a good show. They, Prime, Amazon Prime got me with that one, too. And they want to give you the one episode. I watched the whole first season. Then it was like, got to pay him. Like, I guess I'll just have to pass. It was yeah. a, it's a good show, though. It's definitely a good show. You would definitely like that one. Seeing how the big boys really live. Yeah. Yeah. He just throws money around. He was like, I made 750 million in a day. I was like, wow. <laughs> 750 in a day and the thing is like i think that show is so it's like it's so on it is on time like so many black folks get into options trading and in the stock market right now i think everybody's going to be on that show if yeah. they're not already like it's so pertinent to what people are doing right now that's why i like it and why i continue to watch it because quite honestly i was looking for like a show to binge watch and everybody always talks about like game of thrones is so good it's so good i watched two episodes of game of thrones so i was like not i can't watch i can't get into this i can't get into fantasy but i can't get into finance and so that's why billions resonates with me is because yeah you got the storyline you got these cool characters you got the money but the actual things they're doing are relevant to my life so I can actually learn by watching. So it's not even just entertainment as much as it's also education for me. So yeah, yeah, definitely some edutainment right there. One hundred percent. If it ain't if it ain't if it ain't educating me, I can't entertain it, man. <laughs> so shout out real quick to all the advertisers. Okiefa shades got the perfect shades to fit your lifestyle. Get lace laces because premium kicks need premium laces. Pure Body Company for your all natural body needs. Body care needs, and of course, always sponsored by Todd Capital, always. And here at Tweet Talk, the Black Wealth Podcast, we talk about building black wealth and we dissect tweets. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. Follow myself, Rafael, on Twitter at Work Money Life. Follow my partner, Charles, at Real Todd Billion. Because there's some fakers out there, man. Beware of the fakers. Beware of the people who are imitating people who have a successful influence, uh, influential following. And they're sliding your DMs and they're asking you for cash apps and they're asking you about cryptocurrency. Um, folks that are out here pushing and trying to create something ain't got time to be sliding your DMs. We've got too many people sliding our own DMs. So yeah. I would just be leery of that stuff, man. Like if something seems out of whack, um, I would say report is. that page. But unfortunately, like I think one of one of the downsides of this and one of the things that was so scary is, and the reason why I kind of just ignore it, even though I, I probably shouldn't, is because say, for example, you're like, oh, if you see a page that doesn't look like my reported, and what if they report you? And then you're like Paris and Paris lost her page. And I think she lost her page because somebody reported it. So a part of me, because mm. I get DMs all the time from people who are like, hey, man, if you want to get verified, I'll charge you $15,000. And I'm like, I think it might be a ploy to be pushing us to pay somebody to get verified. So they're like, oh, we're going to create a bunch of pages that look like yours so that you feel the urgency to get that check next to your name. And oh, yeah, you're going to come to us and pay us 15 grand for it. 
I was like $15,000 to get verified. That's insane. Like, and they aren't even, and they aren't even negotiating that price. I legit had somebody in my DMs this week who I've worked with in the past. They created content for me. They were creating content for me on a continual basis, but they also had a feature where they would do that. And so for me, I think, I think that's a part of their plan is to, to let you know, like, all right, well, there could be somebody out there imitating you. So you might want to give us this money. So it's like, you have that. You also have to warn your people to not fall into that. But on the other hand, you also have to understand that maybe it might just be their plan. That's interesting. How do you even get verified? Anyway, honestly, I've heard that the way you do it is it depends on if you have like media publications. So yeah, you have a large following, but you also have to give them proof that you're actually somebody of like a noteworthy person. So you have to say, okay, well, I've been in this magazine. I've been in this newspaper. I've been on this show. I've been in all these different things. You have to like submit that to them. And then if you have enough of those, then you'll get verified. That's what I've heard. Okay. Interesting. So let's get into these tweets. Now, you had a tweet, Charles, where you said, having money that you don't need is a life hack, which is pretty Yeah, man. Um, it's very important. And I had this conversation with somebody on an investment talk. We were having a conversation about investing and I was just telling them like a lot of people make bad decisions because they're investing with money that they need. So they're investing with their rent money. They're like, all right, I got this large chunk of money. Let me take this thousand dollars from my paycheck that I'm going to need in two weeks. And I'm going to invest this and hopefully it pays off. And the problem with that is now you're making bad decisions. Now you're making a decision that has to pay off in two weeks or else. Or maybe you're investing your savings and then you run into an emergency and now you have to use that money to take care of something else. And a lot of times these these good investments aren't going to pan out in a day. That's why I'm not a day trader. All that day trade stuff, people are like super hip to. I'm not a day trader. I'm an investor. I'm investing for the long term. That's why I bought shares as opposed to options and these value plays. I knew they were going to mature. I didn't know when they were going to mature. And you can't have an option if you don't know when they're going to mature. But you can't buy the stock. You can still make money in the stock. So a big part of the reason why I said that is because when you have money that you don't need, you can take a little bit more risk and that risk is going to give you more of a reward. And so I've been able to do a lot of different things because I'm not worried about if I can pay my bills if that investment doesn't pan out. If it doesn't pan out, that sucks. Back to the drawing board. And in turn, I can buy Aurora Cannabis and it can run up 20%. And then also today it can lose 20%. And I'm not really upset. Of course, I wanted to win, but it's not like I'm starving. So it allows you to make clear decisions, allows you to make better decisions. It allows you to maybe be more aggressive with your investing. And that, aggressive, and that aggressiveness is going to allow you to, to make the big money. All right. Yeah, having your money don't need is a life hack. I mean, and that is pretty much that's kind of like textbook definition of wealth right there. Having money you don't need. Yeah. And and I always tell people that you gotta earn more than you need. I think a lot of us work just as hard as we have to work, and we're working just to pay the bills. And if you can get there through 30 hours or 40 hours, you're like, all right, I'm good. But that's why you gotta be working evenings, you gotta be working weekends, you have to be developing these side businesses because that's gonna give you more than you need. So if you work more than you need to have more money than you need. And then we have more anything you need. Now you can invest like you should be investing. The goal is always to be an investor and a business owner. We just work and we use our labor to get to the point where we have the capital to do so. Right. And I saw somebody, um, that's interesting, you work more than you need. So you have more money than you need. And I saw somebody saying um, every stock you buy or every investment you buy is buying back a day of your time so that eventually you, you can work less than you need, so to speak. Absolutely. So that is cool. You know, and and you talk about that. You had a tweet where you said it's tough to dominate business and stocks when you are giving eight of your best hours to being a cog. Yeah, um, I was just kind of talking about how it's really difficult to find good investment opportunities when you don't have the time to actually commit to finding good investment opportunities. Because I mean, like somebody said, a, a nine to five isn't a nine to five. It's a seven to seven with homework. So you leave the house at seven and you might get home at seven if you're lucky. If you work like I work in LA, I can't leave the office until seven because if I leave the office before seven, I'm sitting in traffic. So I do about an eight to eight. If I leave the office at five o'clock, I'm going to sit in traffic for two hours. It's just going to be a miserable experience. So a lot of times I'll just wait out the traffic. A lot of people, that's what they do. They'll just wait out the traffic and they'll coast in. It's a way more relaxing drive, play some good music, coast in, listen to a podcast, whatever you have to do. And that's one of the things that's very difficult. And one of the things that I've been, I noticed in having that conversation with Andre, like Andre doesn't have a job. And because of that, he's able to just create and create and do and build. 
But if you have a job, you're just focused on that job. Like you have to be focused on that job for eight solid hours, maybe more. If you're working overtime, if they expect more of you, you're fo- you're dialed in. When I was at the firm, I was working on motions and discovery. I was dialed in. It is very, very thought intensive work. You have your brain has to be there. And so if your brain is there focused, you literally can't think about other stuff. Otherwise you'll get sidetracked and you can't be effective at the nine to five and you'll probably lose your job. And so once you break free of that, you can use that same focus to investing. And that's what I'm finding now is like, you can use that same focus to make your business better. You can use that same focus to sit here and just sift through a bunch of companies, find out what's good, what's bad, what you want to avoid. You can use that same focus to to manage the portfolio that you have that's existing. You can use that same focus to find new opportunities. Now that job focus is now you focused. You become a better you when you can focus on you as opposed to focusing on your job and your, and your boss's business. Uh, yeah, because it does take a, a lot of energy and you need that brain power when you come home, man. And it's all, yeah. it's just sapped. It's just like, sapped. Most people, when they get home, especially if they're commuting, they don't want to do any work. And if they do do work, it's half-assed. It's like, all right, let me just try to Google some stuff and see what I can come up with while their eyes are falling shut. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, because... The the biggest thing about I mean one of the biggest things about investing is is taking the time to do research. I saw you were, I think you were talking about this today on Twitter about doing research and we see black folks we we are smart enough to do this man. If you take your time and learn and do the research. Hold on, hold on one second. Hmm? Yeah, so I mean, black folks, we we know we know black people are smart enough to do this whole invest, investing thing, but we so busy scrapping for survival, working two and three jobs. Some people ain't got the energy to 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 sit down and do the research, man. Yeah, T- take that time back and research. We'd be knocking it out the park, all of us, most definitely. Now, I saw on Twitter, Hunter on Twitter at, at the Wealth Hunter, she had a tweet where she said, "The stock market is the only place where scare money makes money." Mm. get scared we get paid it's really that simple now i know you've seen you've been invested for a while you've seen people now last year people were making money with hardly any effort some some of these people people got into to options trading they made a lot of quick quick money now 2021 20, starting off is looking like it's not so sweet <laughs> for these first six weeks or so i mean what do you uh, say what do you say to these people are afraid of panic man what do you think is going to happen man people are looking for quick money all the time um i think I think looking for quick money is a mistake, period. And that's why sometimes I'm kind of mad that it's called the options trading because people automatically think it's like short-term day trading as opposed to like long-term investing using the leverage of options. So I bought an option this week and instead of getting like a weekly contract that would expire tomorrow, I have a month-long contract that expires in March. And so the first day it didn't do that well. Yesterday it did okay. Today it did okay. And so at least I haven't lost money. So I was I bought it pre-earnings because I was expecting a big earnings push, but gradually over time, is still going to make money. And so I feel like people just have to kind of like revitalize their strategy. And that's what I've seen a lot of people doing is they got to go back to the drawing board. Options are lucrative. Investing in the stock market is lucrative. Expecting it to come fast is, is a mistake. And so get in the lab. I always ask people, what, what are you studying this week? What are you watching? What book are you reading? Because you always have to continue to sharpen that sword and refine your processes. You always have to continue to practice and paper trade. Neither, none of us are, is above practice. None of us. And so you got to get in the lab you got to practice. If you want to learn how to do a new strategy, practice. Don't throw real money at it. Um, last year was unique because we were coming out of, of, a, of a recession, right? So when stocks fell the way they fell, there was only really one place for them to go and that was up. And so now we're in a market where you have some stocks that are still undervalued. You have some stocks that are overvalued AF. And so you have stocks that benefited from the pandemic um, extremely. So Amazon, Zoom, Netflix, uh, those companies that kind of catered to the stay-at-home economy, but now the economy is opening back up. And so I told people this, what do you expect to happen? They're going to correct downward. And so you have to adjust your strategy. You can't just always be a bull. Or if you are going to be a bull, you have to find that bull market. And so Kramer says, there's always a bull market somewhere. And so that's kind of what I do. I'm always looking for that bull market. I'm always looking for the undervalued opportunity. And that's why I'm in marijuana stocks right now. That's why I'm trying to kind of just learn as much about that space as possible. Because I think that with Biden in office, I think that some something's going to happen with marijuana. It might not happen next week. And I don't need it to happen next week. I just need it to happen. <laughs> as long as it happens, I'm okay. I bought stocks that were trading at a hundred bucks for $8, $8. And so will it lose money? It might, but I'm aiming for that hundred dollar mark. I want it to go back to where it fell 
sell from. And I got I got time because I'm using money that I don't need. And so I would just tell people that it works. Trust the process. Continue to refine your process. I just interviewed a young man and he said that he was trading. He had took, took, taken some losses. He kind of got frustrated with options. And then he started to kind of get his, he got his footing. And so that I hear that a lot. Like even Tokes, Tokes is killing it this week. Tokes mm-hmm. made thousands this week, made good money today. But he said the same thing. He got frustrated with the options for a while. And he just wanted to quit. But a lot of times what happens is if you have a win, you you start thinking it's always going to be easy and you start kind of just guessing and gambling. And that's why usually your first trade is your best trade, just like how a rapper's first album is his best album. You put a lot of thought into that album. You put a lot of thought into that trade. And then after you get a hit, you're like, ah, just throw some stuff out there. They love me. And that's people trade. They start creating crap like 50 Cent. 50 Cent's first albums, fire. After that, nobody was listening to The Massacre and all that stuff he was doing. <laughs> and that's how people trade. People people put a lot. If you put as much effort into every trade as you do your first trade, you'd be all right. And that's why when people take a break and they come back to it after they've thought about it and they've been like going to sleep, thinking about it and watching other people's success and kind of studying it and they come back, they have success. So I would just say that it works, but don't expect quick. Don't expect easy. Don't expect you to get there without putting in the work. Mm, Got to put in the work. And now I'd like to get into a brand new segment we'll call the Todd Capital Trucking Chronicles. <laughs> that is funny because it's definitely Chronicles, man. So, man, the we first got the truck. I'm signing the papers and she starts handing me all these documents to go to the DMV and like crazy stuff. And I was like, what the heck is this stuff? But wait, this is like, what? Oh, and here's a car. This is what, November or when you got the sure. Might have been, it probably was November. Okay. Probably was November. So she hands so, you all these papers that you didn't expect. Yeah. And she gives me like a business card and she's like, these people will take care of everything for you. And I was like, whoa, I thought it was done. Like, you know, you go buy a car, the plates, it's done. You just drive. <laughs> you don't got to send nothing to the DMV or get permits and all that stuff. And so um, I was just thrown for a loop. So I called people in the car and I told them my situation and they said, all right, well, send us over a million documents. They wanted like three proofs of residence. They wanted uh, a document from the leasing company. They wanted a copy of the insurance. They wanted all all these different documents, documents that I didn't have at the time because I didn't have insurance at the time. So then I'm like, all right, well, let's figure out this whole insurance process. So I'm calling around, trying to get insurance, trying to get insurance. And I'm just like going around, filling out things through like a lead page. It's like, you, I'm, I'm expecting to just go on there, type in what I have, give me a quote. No, we're going to call you. <laughs> and so um, I went around in circles for like a long time, just trying to get insurance. And so then somebody from Twitter plugged me with his friend and his friend like kind of guided me by the hand. And this you, you got to get people like this. When I started in real estate, I had somebody guide me by the hand. And so he was like, all right, well, I'm going to get you onto my insurance. So you'll have insurance. You can lease onto my authority. So we'll have the leasing documents and then we'll go from there. And so he did all that. I took that information. I submitted it to my people. So I got my plates. So I got the plates that way. I got my insurance because I found you have to have insurance before you can even get plates because I couldn't even move the truck from the car lot to where I was going to put it. And that was a dilemma in itself. I was like, where am I going to park this thing? It stayed at the lot for like two months where I bought it. It stayed there for like two months. And so then I was like, all right, cool. We got plates. We got insurance. Now we just got to find a driver. So I was delegating out the driver. Uh, responsibilities to like the people on the team, the interns and shared and and nothing was turning, nothing was shaking. And so like two weeks ago, I was like, you know what? I need a driver. I'm getting on it. I woke up that Monday and just hit it. Add, 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 add. Indeed, indeed. Uh, there's another site out there that I used. Um, I can't think of what it is. And so I just put out a bunch of ads and I noticed that Craigslist was hitting. And so I got like maybe 15 leads. And when you get a lead, you got to get their CDL so you can see if they can even go in your insurance. Submitted that to, to Keith, who's helping me through all this stuff. And we got a potential driver prospect. Driver prospect um, was kind of rushing the process. He's like, all right, I can go take the drug. He was so gung-ho on taking a drug test, which is scary to me because I was like, maybe <laughs> this dude's trying to get his drug test back before his his little test, whatever. You know, they got those things, those kits before his kit runs out. Maybe that's what he's trying to do to me. I don't know. So um, long story short, Keith wanted to go with them. We send him out there to get his, his drug test. And the day of, he was like, hey, man, I need help getting out to the to the drug test. He's like, it's going to cost $135 for me to take a cab all the way to get this drug test. So I was like, you know what? I've had this truck for like two going on three months. I haven't had any movement yet. I'll pay $130 bucks to get you this drug test, man. So he apparently takes the drug test. And um, then the next day, he's like, oh, man, I might have a problem with my CDL. He's like, I got I, I have an issue with my uh, my child 
support. I, I might I, I might have to make a payment. So I ignored him. I was like, I ain't making no payment for your child support. And the next day he was like, all right, man, he helped me with make a payment on my child support. And I was like, he was like, it's only 250 bucks. And I was like, it's only 250 bucks. All right, whatever. So I sent him 250. And then the next day or that night, I was like, all right, shoot me an update of how things are going. Like at 11 o'clock, sometimes I do work late at night. And I send people texts so they can respond when they wake up. He didn't ever respond. And I called him straight to voicemail, called him straight to voicemail, called him straight to voicemail, sent text, no response. And he ghosted me. The worst part about this whole ghost thing is I don't have Cash App. I don't use Cash App. And so I was using Pell. I was using Zelle and PayPal. And so the first time I sent him the payment payment through Zelle and he said it didn't go through, I had to send it through PayPal. And so I sent it through PayPal. He was supposed to cancel the Zelle. I don't think he canceled the Zelle and he didn't receive my money back. And so that's double the payment. The same thing happened the next day. And so he's like, all right, it's 250 um, so I sent him the 250 through PayPal because we had already established that PayPal works. Then he's like, oh, but PayPal didn't work. You got to send it through Zelle. And so I sent it through Zelle. Uh, and oh. so he got me for double the money. It was like 800 bucks. So I was, I was like, on one hand, I was like, you know, this sucks. But what I, what I'm, what I'm most thankful for is that when you do, when you invest with partners, you can't make mistakes, but mistakes are inevitable. It's a brand new industry. I don't know any, I didn't know she's going to give me this huge pack of paper that I had to get insurance and tags and all this stuff. I didn't know. And uh, all this stuff is going to take care. I didn't know it was gonna be this hard to get a driver. It's hard to get a driver, especially in a pandemic because they're all getting unemployment. They don't want to work. And so I'm most thankful that I was able to make these mistakes on my own dime because mistakes are inevitable. And I don't want somebody looking at me like, oh, you you made a mistake. What's wrong with you? Like it's business. We're three months into this. And then once we get the systems in place, now we got a, I got a bank of drivers now. And now I'll net like they, when I did get the plates, they told me that they're like, all right. So when, cause you have to give my unit number, they're expecting you to build a fleet. And so they're like, all right, well, next time you get another truck, it'll take us 24 hours to get you this. We already have all your documents. We already have everything you need, your fleet, all that stuff. Everything is easier the second time. But that first time is hard. That first time is a grind. But the thing is, is most people quit that first time. And most people meet difficulty that first time. Time, they think every time is going to be that hard when it's not. We got a system in place now. Yo, it's the Options Trading Workshop presented by Tide Capital. Learn the fundamentals and advanced trading strategies that allow us the chance to earn $20,000 in side money in one year while working a job and running multiple businesses. That's right. Learn the what, the where, and the how of options trading in this exclusive webinar. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Partner with Millie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. Pure Body Company formulates an amazing range of emollients with shea butter at its base. Pure Body Co. focuses on providing all natural handcrafted products for all people. At shoppurebodyco.com, you'll find body butters and lip balms that are not only moisturizing, but none of our products contain preservative or even those unrecognizable chemicals. So if you're looking to keep your skin soft, visit shoppurebodyco.com. And remember to join PBC Perks to receive rewards as you shop. And that point, you start making a checklist. I hand that system to Sheridan. Like you do this. I got to go to the beach. So that's <laughs> that's the Truck Chronicles. It's slowly trucking along, but it's a business like anything else. It's all a learning experience. Even with the vending machines, the vending machines for that first year, we made money, but a lot of it was used to accelerate down the debt. Then we hired on somebody, so it wasn't such a load on me because it was just it was just too much work lifting all that stuff. And it's like we're investors, not laborers. And so we wow. brought somebody in, and so then it's like, all right, well, our margins got slimmer. What do we do? We get card readers. We invest some money in the card reader, which will then expand our revenue. And you do things like that. Business is a process, man. It's a process. It's not just like it's not a job. Job is guaranteed. Business is not job. You show up, you get paid. Business you show up, you might get paid. You might not, you might learn less. You might get taken advantage of, you might get screwed, all this stuff. But now I got policies. I'll never in my life ever, 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 ever help somebody with child support, especially somebody I don't even know. I'm over here just like giving this guy the benefit of the doubt. I don't even know this dude. He can just disappear on me. Like, yeah, I have a copy of his driver's license, but I don't know. So now it's like, we don't do that. That's a policy with that. We don't do that. Right. And, and it's, it's frustrating. It's frustrating, Raphael, because like, I always want to try to help our people, man. Like, I know how hard it, I, I thought maybe he just needed an opportunity 
opportunity. But actually, I'm happy that it happened like that because a person like that would have got in my truck and ruined it and then try to thug up on me too in the process. That's what happened with the barbershop truck. Like the dude talked a good game, said a bunch of cool stuff, tried to get it, get over and take advantage and get help. And then I get the truck back and it's trashed. We've had tenants who have done the same thing. I get the house back. It's trashed. He would have taken that $40,000 truck and trashed it. It happened to Erica. Like, so I dodged a bullet there. I'm actually very happy that I dodged a bullet because that's the, when people trash your assets, it's expensive to get fixed, man. If you're not a mechanic, if you're not a contractor, it's expensive and it adds up quick. Yeah. And the truck bills are really big bills. Yeah. Imagine if he messes up the engine, just driving on fumes or driving on no oil, just jacks up a $20,000 engine or something. Yeah. Five figure uh, fixes. No, nah, you don't want that. No. <laughs> Definitely don't want that. So you're talking about, you know, supposed to be investors, not laborers. And for those listening to this later, uh, you should definitely join the Todd Capital Mastermind Group. Awesome stuff going on in there. Now, especially with Andre Hatchett getting on board like full time. Uh, and on the call that we had last night, you talked about this. I mean, Andre too, but well, you guys were talking about this last night on the, on, the, on the group call. And to paraphrase paraphrase something you said, you can't you can't solve employee problems problems with I mean you can't solve CEO problems with an employee mindset. And you were talking about how we seem to forget that we're supposed to be the CEO when we start a business and not the, the employee. So it's like you and you had a tweet saying something similar to this. It said expand your way out of your business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gotta remember that you didn't start the business to be the accountant, the salesperson, the janitor, the receptionist. You gotta work your way out as quickly as possible. Yep. A lot of people they think that like business means as like another job and like your boss ain't doing your job <laughs> your boss right. is doing boss work <laughs> and boss work only and if he does do your job it's temporary he might have done your job in the past but that's not his his role now and it's it's unique because all of us when we start a business we're basically saying i'm the ceo of this enterprise and so you got to continue to do CEO level work. And what is CEO level work? CEO, CEOs focus on expanding the business, increasing the revenue and decreasing the expenses. Everything I'm doing with the vending machine right now, everything I'm doing with the vending machine route is what CEOs are supposed to do. I'm not supposed to drive, not supposed to be breaking my back, not supposed to be putting snacks in my car. I'm supposed to be confronted with a CEO level problem and saying, oh, what intelligent thing can I do to increase the revenue? And there's a few things that I came up with, Raphael. One of the things was, of course, getting vending machine card readers. Another is upgrading the equipment. The other is maybe getting more expensive products. Um, and that's the thoughts that we should be having. Those are the thoughts. Because think about it. Like we had somebody on the call. And he was like, oh man, I can't answer the phone. And so I'm losing customers. It's not your job to answer the phone. Hire somebody to answer the phone. And then you focus on getting more phone calls in there. You are probably actually being a governor on your business because you don't want more work. If mm. you have to do the work, you're probably going to prevent yourself from bringing in the work. It's like, I don't want more work. I don't right. want to file more LLCs. I don't want to do any, any more of that stuff. I just want to... Um, direct. But if you have somebody doing the work, there's nothing stopping you from filling that pipeline and filling that funnel with more money, with more clients. That's why a lot of times I just turn down LOC clients now. I'm like, keep that. I don't need no work. Because an LOC isn't just an LOC. It's also like you file it, but you also got to chase it down. You got to make sure the paperwork's coming. You got to make sure all that stuff is taken care of. And so we all have to see ourselves as a CEO. We can't be out here. I think that alone inhibits your growth of your business. If you if you are starting a business and then being an employee, you're just going to, you're not going to be able to achieve the level of success that you need to achieve. So hire it out. It might be unprofitable in the beginning, but eventually you'll get there. Right, right, right. So people definitely, definitely join the Todd Capital Mastermind Group. A lot of value. We'll have a link to, to that in the bio, in the, in the show notes. Definitely check that out. It is very affordable. We only going up, now. man. It's it's, it's even still affordable for now. Right. Because the more value we add, the more time, effort, and energy that I can apply to it, it's only going to be more dope, man. I mean, the mastermind is, is effectively a business. So it's going to take a lot of time to get there. But man, the goal is just to continue to invest a lot of effort and energy into this and just grow it, make it impactful, really cool stuff. Yeah. And speaking to what you were speaking of, like you had two tweets that we were saying, if you're in business, you must constant, you must be constantly marketing. And you also said, if you don't promote, you don't earn. Sometimes, sometimes since I'm like uh, just working on my business right now, I can become task oriented. And so I'll create a bunch of checklists and I'll consider myself working 
if I'm checking off those tasks, like, oh, I checked off the task. That means I'm working. That means I justified my day. And I had this revelation. I was like, but I'm not growing. I'm not getting any revenue in here. Like my job is revenue. And so today I took a completely different approach. And I was like, you know what? Today we're promoting. Today we're advertising. Today we're getting stuff out there. Sent an email, made a post on Twitter, made a post on Instagram, and we had a good day. And so what I was trying to explain to the people on the mastermind is we think that the business is the work. That's what we always think. We think like, oh, I started a tax preparation business, so it's my job to do the taxes. Like, no, it's your job to promote, advertise, get your word out. That's it. You might think it's overkill. It's not. Literally, your only job is to advertise, promote, grow, scale, appear, get on podcasts, get on different things. That's it. And if you do that, you'll get to a million dollars. If you do that, you'll get to more than a million dollars. But if you're just over here being a cog, you might make a hundred grand. You might. And so you got to flip it on its head. We we aren't, we don't come from that mentality. We were brought over here to work. And so that's all we really know. Other people were brought over here to have people work for them. And that's all they know. And if that's all you know, that's all you're going to do. I used to, when I was working in a law firm, there is this Jewish dude and he never saw himself as a worker. He always saw himself as the boss. He was like, all right, so when I get my department, he, this dude is like still in law school, like first year law school student. He's like, yeah, so I'm going to just get my department and I'm going to have my own interns. He's an intern over here talking about getting interns, managing <laughs> the interns. He's like, yes, yeah, so I'm going to get my interns and they'll do this and they'll do that. And I'll do this and this. And it's just a different mentality. Like they don't know any different. They don't know work in part because everybody that they see around them is a boss. So when you go to right. these religious events, when you go to these things, everybody's an owner. There are no employees. Everybody has people working for them. And when that's all you see and that's all you know, that's what you're going to get. Yeah, like we keep talking about exposure, man. When that's what you grow up around, that's what you expect, man. When you you grow around, if you grow up in a a, a gang neighborhood, it, it's no it's no surprise that people stay in the same gang for generations. That's what they see. But when your father's a CEO and possibly your, even your mother's a CEO with their own businesses, not 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 employee CEOs but owner CEOs, then the kid is taught to be a CEO and a business owner, and then that's what they grow up to be. That was one of the the coolest things that I took from this episode of Billions that I was watching. <clears throat> so his wife gets like all these presents and she's she's supposed to wrap them for a secret Santa. And so she brings him home and then X, the main character, shows up, the billionaire, and he sees his kids wrapping all these presents with his mom. And he was like, we got interns for this. <laughs> He's like, my, my kids don't do labor. And it might sound really cheesy. It might sound late, like kind of like lame, but being a boss is a skill set. And we don't appreciate, we think bosses do nothing. And I have found out that bosses are responsibility, responsible for a lot of stuff. A lot of, it is hard. There are deadlines, there are expectations, and there are consequences if you do not get those deadlines and those expectations. Penalties, they will charge you fees and fines. Like it's very important as a boss that you knock all this stuff out and you have people in place to do these different things. And so being a boss is a job. And I think that we also need to come to that understanding as well, because it's stress. It's people coming to me every single day for money. If people don't ask me for money, it wasn't a new day because every day they ask me for money, every single day. Day. Every single day. I, I wonder who it's going to be tomorrow. And so I would just say that like, yeah, it was just interesting, but that's how people are raised, man. But I guarantee you they're going to be put in position to be at a boss level once they come of age. They're going to be, he's teaching them. He's, he's not teaching you to be labor. He's teaching you to be the CEO. He's teaching you how to be the top man because you're going to take over his spot. Right. And you see some more of that in the show as it goes on. So like the wife starts her own business and the son is crypto mining and all kind of stuff, doing interesting stuff. Now I'd like to segue now into like, the black billionaire banter segment and on for this episode i like to talk about canonly i mean a lot, i'm sure a lot of people talking about canonly it's hard hard to say how they raised 350 million recently so now they're valued at three billion dollars mm. and a lot of people just found out that the the founder the ceo is a black man by the name of tope what's his name again Tope Avatona. Pretty sure that's how you pronounce it. But it's interesting, man. Like he created this business what less than five years ago. And now as soon as they go public, this guy is gonna be a billionaire. Yeah, for sure. And I kind of wanted to talk about this a little bit. The Bumble IPO. I've heard the name Bumble, but I didn't even really know what it was until today. Is like so the Bumble went public, and the story is saying how and it, and the shares went up like seventy five percent, shot through the roof. So now they're saying this the, the CEO by the name of Whitney Wolf, Wolf Heard, Caucasian lady, um, because the stock 
because of the stage that she has in the company stock wise it puts her at a net worth of 1.5 to 1.6 billion dollars so in one day she basically become became a billionaire this is not done this is not, this can't be done working for other people for 40 years and just clocking in and being paid by the hour they created something out of thin air and took it to the market and i don't know why people are so interested in dating apps still but hey i guess she knew something that we did it um the coolest thing about this is it speaks to what Master P was talking about in that Earn Your Leisure podcast. And he was saying, he was like, we're, we're building business businesses to go public now. Like, that's the goal. We want to go public. Right. We want to create billions. And on the same token, he also made reference to the Clubhouse dude. And they're like, oh, Master P, you're going to get on Clubhouse. You can get on Clubhouse. He was like, I'm not making another man a billionaire. <laughs> He was like, y'all made him a billionaire. Y'all got on his platform, made his platform pop, and now his company's worth a billion dollars. And he's like, why don't we do that for ourselves? Why are we why why aren't we doing that for ourselves? The interesting thing about it, about Bumble, is it's not even a profitable company. She's a billionaire running a company that doesn't make any money. And I feel like that is it speaks to what we don't understand and know because we're so get money, get money, get money focused that a big part of the reason why they don't make money is because they're reinvesting their money back into the company. Like they're spending it. So on one hand, it's not profitable, but it's growing and it's expanding. And you're looking at the revenue growth. You're not necessarily looking at the, the income and the net income. And are they able to distribute a dividend? You're looking at, is this company growing? Can it eventually be profitable once we kind of get to that space? All these companies, Netflix wasn't profitable for a long time, took it a whole bunch of debt. Amazon wasn't profitable for a long time, took it a whole bunch of debt. Almost any Uber wasn't profitable for a long time, took it a whole bunch of debt, but they're building market presence. They have customers. They exist up, upon millions of people. And so that's what's important. It, it, do you have a brand footprint? Do you exist? That's how you create billions. You create billions at scale. And so I was on one hand, I was looking at it and I was just kind of laughing because I saw the data and I want to say they had like a $110 million loss last year or something. And I just thought it was funny because they have, they're losing millions. And I know she's getting paid a nice salary. And I know their staff is probably getting some nice tech salaries and they're able to go public and people are just like, Hey, we're going public. Let's make some money in the shares. But we're so critical of our own businesses. If it's not profitable day one, it's problems. If we're not kicking out a dividend year one, it's problems. And on one hand, a lot of times when I start looking at how these uh, like accredited investor things work, I start realizing it's not about the money, Raphael. It's not that they're rich. And so they get access to these deals. It's that they have an understanding of business. And so they get access to these deals. You need somebody who understands it's going to take a business a long time to become profitable. And if you're on their neck about your dividends, you're going to kill the company. And if you don't understand that you can't be on their neck for dividends, then you shouldn't be a part of that upstart. And so I just think it was interesting because you, we see it all the time. Almost any time a company goes public, they're not profitable. Lyft wasn't profitable when it went public. I don't think they still are profitable yet. Uber been public for some time now, wasn't profitable. It's just interesting. Once we learn how this stuff really works, I think we can, can kind of build the billions. But even that, it's like weird, like Master P, like that's his focus, but we still got to understand that process. And, and you won't understand that process from the outside looking in. You'll never see all of it from the outside looking in. So you got to stop being so critical, especially of our own people. It's kind of like Master P said, um, he came out with the rap noodles and people immediately came at his neck. Like, oh, bad people go, all these health problems already you, and those things have so much sodium in them it's like come on man i see black people at, at, at my job i see people eat that stuff all the time i'm like i i got some i had some new hires come in and i saw them every day they was eating those things like two at a time couple noodles i'm like I'm like, yo, that's your lunch? And it was like, they, were, they had just started. So I said, you know what? I'll give you like, I'll give you like two more weeks. After two more weeks, I know you'll get your first paycheck. I'll give you like two more weeks. After that, I don't want to see you eating that stuff no more. <laughs> but you know, but but the black man came up with his own noodles and it's like, oh, it's high in sodium and all this kind of stuff. So he said, you know, they put it out. People criticized it. They went back to the drawing board and, and they upgraded the seasoning. Like the seasoning was no good. People didn't like it. So they upgraded the seasoning. And he was talking about his sneaker line, the Magnetis. And he went on the Breakfast Club and, and, and Charlemagne thought it was whack. So he said, I, went, I took that and I went back to the drawing board. We, up, we upgraded the sneakers. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, you know. Okay, Okieffa Shades is the premier choice for sunglasses. Top quality, unique, signature, fresh, trendy. 
Our shades provide significant UV light protection for eyes, and we have the best customer service around. The freshest and trendiest styles for both men and women. The finest shades to fit your style. Okia for Shades is the premier choice for sunglasses. Visit www.okiafashades.com. That's O-K-I-Y-E-F-A Shades.com. Or on IG or Facebook at Okiafa Shades. Or on Twitter at DJ Ebrock. Todd Consultant presents the Vending Machine Business Webinar. You can only have one job, but you can have as many vending machines as you want. This is your chance to see how we do business and how you can start your very own vending machine business. Avoid the mistakes we made and start winning. You'll be shown how we find, negotiate, buy, and manage our vending machine business, generating thousands per month, and how it has unlimited scale. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at partnerwithmillie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. One thing that I took from that the EYL interview is um, Master P is not afraid to launch. He's not afraid to just put stuff out there and look foolish. Mm-hmm. Um, and it reminded me of myself. <laughs> Because uh, like he was talking about how his partner wanted to perfect the recipe and right. put all this time and effort into making it right. And he was like, I put it out there. <laughs> and I think there's something to be said about both. And this is why if you guys ever listen to like Eric Thomas. So when I was in, in, in grad school, one of the first things we did was a disc assessment. And if you guys aren't familiar, Google disc assessment is D-I-S-C. And what we'll realize is that each of us is different. There's a D, which is like a director. There's an I, there's an S, and there's a C. I'm not familiar with all the other letters. I just know that I'm a D. <laughs> and yeah. the D is somebody who's not very detail oriented. They're a high level thinker. They're more about taking action. And I realized that each team needs all those people. You need a D, an I, an S, and a C. You need to be well-rounded. You can't just have a bunch of Ds because that's be going head to head. When I was in, in, in grad school, it was me who was a D and I had a girl in my group and she was a D and it was t- a terrible experience. We didn't get anything accomplished because we were both fighting about who's right. And so what I realized with Master P is he's a D, he gets things done, but the other guy was super detail oriented and you need that. I need somebody like that. I need somebody who's like, nah, let's get it right. Let's perfect this recipe and then we'll put it out there because people are like, man, I've had the wrap snacks and they're definitely flavorful. Like it tastes good. Um, they said they're like really big in certain cities. Like we don't, I don't think we have them in California yet, but if we did, I'm sure oh. they'd be popular. And so I just, I took that from that because me and me and Master P are similar. I just be putting it out there because you never know what's going to hit. He put out 20, he put out 20 albums in a year. I guarantee you all 20 weren't fired, but he probably got a few that were classics. It's probably a few in there, maybe three, two. They got mad spins, but you never know. If you're out here trying to make that best album and only reach one album and it flops, now you took an L. But if you drop 20, you get one that's popping. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So we can learn a lot from Master P, man. We can learn a lot from um, people who have done what he's done. The Dame Dashes of this world, they might not like, and that's the funny thing about it is the people who have done dope things like that aren't always the most popular. People make fun of Master P, say he's corny, say he's Mm -hmm. this, say he's that. Mm -hmm. And, but he's, he's, but he did it. Somebody rocks with him. Right. And you mentioned Dame Dash. This guy just today relaunched his uh, streaming service, Dame Dash Studios. He's not he's not caring about what people's opinions are. He's not waiting for nobody to tell him what he can and can't do. And we got to get more like that for sure. Yep. And a, lot think- of, a lot of times those people are ahead of their time because Dame Dash had a streaming platform. Imagine if we had a streaming platform that we actually like took serious and used. Like that's mm-hmm. where the world is now. Everything is a streaming platform right, right now. And when you are that kind of a guy, usually you're ahead of the curve. Usually you're out in front of everybody else and they're looking at you like, ah, streaming service. We got Netflix. We don't use Netflix. Not everybody got a streaming service. Now you're like, he was smart. He, was, he knew what he was talking about. And they're going to say the same, like the, the same thing about, imagine if LaMelo Ball was hooping and some big baller brands on their third or fourth iteration right now. Right. They would all be dumb rich. Yeah. Dumb rich. Yeah. If he, yeah, if they had stuck with it and found a way to bring the price point down, which they, they probably could have. I think the problem is uh, like distribution and manufacturing. And they, they, they didn't want to try to raise capital to have like a big outlay. Because to do it, to, to, to bring it down to a cheaper price point, you would have to bring in investors and put up millions of dollars up front to have inventory 
sitting around. They were probably doing. They're probably doing still to this day. Probably more of a um, like pre-sale orders, you know, so they just don't waste money. But still, you could still build the brand even if you're not generating sales. I feel like the problem is in a lot of ways we killed that brand. But you know what? I don't even think we had a fair shot and a fair say because the media was just so heavily against him yep. that I think the media put us against him. He just was a father that wanted to see his kids do well and create a brand on the back of that. And there are powers that be that are hidden from us that have an agenda that push that agenda. And this is why I was thinking about how um, I forgot what we were talking about, but I was thinking about how like the media kind of like brainwashes us into thinking certain ways. And uh, so like I was, I watched American skin and I actually, I mean, because it was a Nate Parker film, that's why I watched it. And he usually does good stuff. It might be kind of traumatic, but it's like a good kind of traumatic, if that makes sense. There's still like a message to it. Right. And it's, it's not so negative. Like I was trying to watch Detroit. And I was like, what is this? This is just terrible. This is just not good. I had to turn it off. I was like, it's just degrading. But like he does it in a way where there's a message and there's still some kind of positive that you can pull from it. So anyway, I was just thinking like there's so much stuff swirling around that puts us in this mindset that is not productive for our people. We should have been celebrating LeVar Ball for even have the balls to do what he was doing. Whether you like yep. his shoes or not, shut the fuck up. Exactly. Shut your mouth. If you don't like what he's doing, shut your mouth. Support him. He's creating jobs. He's creating all these different things. Why are you actively trying to prevent what he's doing? It doesn't make any sense. Doesn't. The same people that were against LeVar Ball were against Kanye when he went to Adidas. And look what Adidas did. The only difference is Kanye had a lot more clout and a lot more money. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be conscious of the words that we speak of our people who want to do great things because you're not just holding back LeVar Ball. You're holding back the tree. You're holding back everybody he's connected to. You're holding back his kids, his grandkids, his wife, their family. Like if you watch the show, like her parents are rocking big baller. It, I tell people all the time, the business saves us all. We did a view sale. I'm shooting my, my sister cheese tomorrow. I'm sending my mom cheese tomorrow over the stuff that I helped her get off today. My business, my brand helps us all. My business, my brand helps my in-laws. It helps everybody because I created a business instead of just creating a job because the business is unlimited. And so when you speak on somebody's business, you're not just shooting down the bar ball. You're shooting down everybody connected to him. And that is not productive for our community. Yeah, it really isn't. Um, funny thing is he's still, he's still going, even though the metal and Lonzo both left the brand. He's still going. He's still pushing the brand. BBB, big baller brand. He's still pushing it mm. like like nothing happened. He's I haven't still, seen that, but that's dope. Yeah, I've been seeing some posts from him lately. Like they got, cool. uh, he's got like these uh, gloves, like for motorcycle racing gloves. Like he's just pushing. Like nothing is like nothing's wrong. Honestly, I respect that because a lot of times folks won't even see it. Even the people closest to you won't see it. They won't see it until it's real. So like his sons are like, oh, Nike is established. Puma's established. All these companies are established. Those companies are 50 years old, bro. At right. one point in time, they were making shoes with the waffle iron. At one point in time, they had shoes that were falling apart on the track. At one point in time, they couldn't get no sponsorships because they were competing with Adidas and they're competing with established brands. Nike was competing with Adidas. Adidas was the big dog of that day. If you guys haven't read the book, shoe dog you'll know and so like he didn't always have he was struggling financially he had to get loans from china and so i think that's dope because in in a lot of ways it is his vision and he has to continue to push it even your kids might not see it your wife might not see it folks they might not see what you see so i think that's dope man yeah i gotta i gotta read that book shoe dog but that's that's true they reminded me of something nike was literally started with a waffle iron making the sole of the sneaker imagine if if big baller brand made a waffle iron shoe they'd laugh him all over Twitter. They're like, this N-word, he we cheap, he can't even create his own shoe, blah, 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 blah. Right. And the thing is, he was, it, they were actually upgrading the designs on the sneakers. And also, I think one thing we forget is this dude created his own profession, uh, professional basketball league. And like, and he did it so quickly too. People talk about the talent and this and that, but this guy got a whole league set up with, I forget how many teams, maybe 10 teams or whatever. Plus he got TV, he got it in arenas, and got it on TV or face, I think it was like Facebook Live or something, whatever it was, but he got cameras there. He did that in less than a year whilst trying to get the BBB off the ground. Like, that is not easy, man. That is not easy. And we killed him. Not me, but but we as a, as a whole, you know, we killed him. And still trying to make fun of this man to this day. I said, give him I his just, props. I think it comes with the territory, man. When you... Think about it. How many other people have their own league or have aspirations to have their own league or believe they can create their own league? 
And so he's rare. You're going to get laughed at by people who are scared. They're probably just scared. They're like, oh man, I can't do that. That's impossible. But you got to push forward anyway. There's people who are listening to this who have a dream and they're waiting for people to see it and agree with it and accept it and all that stuff. And that's not your responsibility. It's not your responsibility to get other people who can't see what you see to embrace your vision. It's your responsibility to execute, period. Your responsibility is to execute. The reason why the internet is so powerful is because you get a chance to find people who believe what you believe, because a lot of times people that are close to you don't believe it, or if they do believe it, they're too unsure of themselves to to say it and agree with you. But uh, all you need is you. At the end of the day, all you have is you. And so don't look for agreement. Don't look for support. Don't look for celebration and applause, because when you really make it, everybody's going to celebrate you. Even people that you don't even know are going to celebrate you. People that you thought hated you are going to celebrate you. They're going to show up. I promise you they are. They are. They're going to be in, they're going to be watching your stories, but they ain't going to be liking your pics. Uh, yeah, so that post, that was funny. Yeah. Forget the haters, man. Do you push forward, push forward always. And speaking like, you know, Master P always say product always talent. And you, you had a tweet where you said we have wealth. The problem is we don't have product. Explain that one. I took that from that, from that episode. I'm not, I'm surprised you haven't watched it yet. You're usually a pretty big Master P fan. Oh no, I watched, I watched the whole thing as soon as, oh, okay. pretty much as soon as it dropped. And it was fire from beginning to end, especially yeah. that, that guy. Why is it? T- I, I was the same thing. I was like, who is this guy sitting here with the baseball hat on back? Right, right, right. I was like, get this guy off camera. Then he started just dropping gym after gym. I was like, get him on camera. Ask him what he thinks. Yeah, we should. They should have him, let him talk more. Definitely should have let him talk more. Man, he he just brilliant. Like he was saying things that I don't think a lot of people think about. I pulled two clips. One was about the the businesses that are within that business. Mm-hmm. It's a concept I want to start to start grasping because a lot of times we're just like, oh, he's making money doing this. I'm gonna do that, and right. it's short sighted. Like imagine how many billionaires we could create. Think about this. You see somebody selling courses, you create the website to host their courses. And now you're yep. Gumroad. You know how much yep. money Gumroad is making? Yep. We got to stop thinking of just doing what somebody else is doing that's making money and start thinking how we can create something that complements them making money. Because then you've got a built-in clientele base. If you can do that, right. you already got a customer. His business is the more successful his business is, the more successful your business will be. I got a lot of people who just compliment my business with a CRM service or a personal assistant service or a graphic design service because they're just complimenting people who are successful already. And so, um, yeah, yeah. Um, to go back to that comment, basically what he was saying is, it, we all know we have the one point, whatever that number is, 1.3 yeah. trillion in spending power, but we always mm-hmm. talk about how like it disappears as soon as we get it. Like right. as soon as we get paid, you go pay your rent and your la- and landlord ain't black. You can put gas in your car and the person who owns that gas station ain't black, all that stuff. He was talking about like, of all the stores in Mississippi, like three of them are black. I think like three percent right. of them are black. He's, very, he said very, it was like very, he said he said it was like a thousand stores, and three of them are owned by black people. Three right. out of a thousand. And so the problem is when you and, and another point that I want to make before I kind of get to my concluding statement is like Dr. Boyce Watkins always talks about how we all say we want reparations. But if you get reparations, but you don't own anything, it ends up being reparations for everybody else. In a lot of ways, that's why the stimulus isn't for the people. You get stuff and they get money. If you give a bunch of black people a stimulus check, what's going to happen? It's going to go to everybody else's businesses. You go into Best Buy. We don't own Best Buy. You go into Foot Locker. We don't own Foot Locker. You go into all these luxury brands. You buying the liquor. We don't own that stuff. And so it's not a stimulus for you, Tyrone. It's a stimulus for Habib, or it's a stimulus for us who own businesses were able to sell courses during that time. It was a it was a, a big part of the reason why a lot of people made a lot of money is because of the stimulus. The stimulus, people had it. They're like, I could pay 50 bucks for this course. I could pay a hundred bucks for this course. I just got a thousand dollar check. How much was that stimulus? Like 800 bucks or something? The first one? The first one was 1200. Yeah. So they got right. 1200. Like I could spend a hundred bucks in the course. I've been watching to get this course for the longest time. I can do that. And you give all these people all this money and they just gave it to us because that's what happened. A stimulus becomes a stimulus for others. And so that's what he's saying is we don't necessarily need more money. We need the things that capture money. We need the products. We need to own the things where money flows so that then it becomes a cycle because now they're working for you. So, all right, they came to my business. They bought my hamburger. They bought this. I'm going to pay them wages. Oh yeah. We also own the property. Oh yeah. We also own the, that's how you build wealth. 
That's how communities become wealthy because when you bounce the dollar, you amplify the dollar. The more times you bounce that dollar, the more wealth you effectively create. You essentially take that dollar and stretch it. It becomes more wealth. And so if we have 1.3 trillion and we start bouncing it 10 times, 10 people get money now. 10 people have income now. 10 people can pay their bills, can do these different things. And so that's why other communities do it. We're the only community that doesn't do it. Yeah. And going back to the other thing before that was intelligent was talking about, I thought that was like the most, that, that the thing he said that hit me the hardest through the whole in- interview, he, he said, people think this is just chips. He said, it's not just chips. This is packaging. This is the print on the, on the packaging is this, is that, is distribution, is all these things. It's like, whoa. It's like, people always say, um, in the gold rush, it wasn't, it wasn't, most of the, the people looking for gold did not get rich. A few people did, uh, a small percentage of people found gold and got rich, but most of them didn't. The people who got rich, like Levi, at the side note, Levi's, that's when Levi's was created and they blew up because they made jeans with the rivets on them that were strong enough to hold the pants together. But anyway, the people that got rich during the gold rush were the people who were selling the picks and the shovels. And we got to start selling the picks and the shovels. 100%. Behind the you scenes, creating the websites you know and all that. You know what's a pick and a shovel? A course. Yep, course. And like he said, and like you said, something like Gumroad, a platform that people could build their platforms on. Because and that's what I re- it's it's easier to help people make money than it is to make money for them. So it's like, if I can just teach you how to do it as a transaction at that point, I can do a bunch of those. That's temperamental. But yeah, Gumroad. But I think that's one of the things I've been trying to get people to, to, to grasp because the opposite of creating complementary businesses is just competition. And so people are saying, oh, they selling snacks? I'm going to sell snacks. Like That's not how you build an economy, Raphael. You build the economy where you do those things. So picks and shovels, like, yeah, that's one thing. But the other is we have to intelligently build commerce. We can't strictly take the lazy route of just copying what somebody else is doing. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. If it was working, we'd already be good. Right. And so I've just seen it. I've seen where people are like, oh, they got a course teaching people how to market on Instagram. I got a course teaching people how to market on Instagram. There's like 20 of those things now. They got a course teaching people how to be an affiliate marketer. They got a course doing like be creative, be creative. Use that brain power, that ingenuity that we have, that resourcefulness that we have, and figure out a way to do something different. Otherwise, you're going to be just competing for scraps. The problem with competition is you get scraps. Excuse me. You get scraps. It's folks who are like, I made 100K. Like, all right, that's cool. But if you would have been creative, you could have ran it up. If you would have been innovative, you could have ran it up. But you're just over here just trying to knock the next person off, trying to lower your price, trying to steal their customers. That's not that's that's not intelligent business. Intelligent business is a legal monopoly. You want a monopoly. You don't want uh, everybody else is doing this. So I'm doing it too, police. <laughs> Yeah, man. Like and one last thing to say about the complementary businesses is you mean when you create a complementary business, you can have so many clients and you don't have to be in the spotlight. You don't have to spend as much on marketing. Once once you're good, word gets out. Like this, if you want your stuff made, go to this guy or whatever. So you could be working with wrap snacks, you could be working with Doritos, you could be working with all these guys, you where you actually make it for them and they just and then you just slap their name on it. They gotta worry about the marketing. But you get paid regardless. And if Doritos goes out of business, you got like 10 other clients to, to replace them and the lights still still stay on. B2B is a thing. There are businesses that strictly work with other businesses. It's definitely a thing. Everything doesn't have to be to the end consumer. You can strategically think of how, like, and I think a business owner would be happy if you could do that. If you said, hey, I can make your business, especially somebody who already is successful, I can make your business more money. I can add value to your business. They're going to do it all day. I do it all the time. I was paying uh, Trend Influx money to to just drop automatic posts on my page. They made money. Donald the Voice, business to business. And then when you work with somebody who understands the business grind, they want you to shine. I had a, a tweet and it was like, if you get around somebody who has millions, they're going to help you get your millions uh, for multiple reasons. But I forgot how, why that tweet resonated with me, but I I forgot how it, how it happened. But anyway, like I made sure that Donald the voice was everywhere (laughs) and he's everywhere. There's nowhere Donald the voice is not. And that's why the bit, like when, when you start, like when you go that route, as opposed to competing with people, they want you to shine. They want you to win. You win, they win, you improve, they improve. 
and and that's why we have to start businesses that don't compete. Once you become a competition, you become nothing. I can't even rock with you if you have a, comp- a competing progress product. I like you, but you just ruined the relationship. You, everything changed. We can't even like you're taking money out of my pocket now. You you become the enemy, unfortunately, and it and, and it and it shouldn't be like that. And that's why you want to avoid that. Like it just changes the dynamics of the relationship. It changes the dynamics of the community. And Dow, man, he started with a handful of podcasts, and this guy's doing everybody's podcast now. Like every time you turn around, is a new. You hear his voice on an ad, and someone's like, "Wait, you're doing that too? Like <laughs> you're doing that too, man?" But and and also like the connection that he's making once he's like, if you're doing work for Eric Thomas, man, that's insane. Like, but his business not model is is solid. One thing that I like about Donald the Voice is he didn't just pitch me. He didn't just say, "Hey, I can do this." I'd be like, "All right, whatever." He's like, this is what I've done for you. What do you think? I was like, that shit is fire. <laughs> I need that in my life. And then his rates were fair too. He's not trying to tax right. you and knock you over the head. And so it's like, you want to refer him out. You Like if somebody's fair with you, you want them to do well. If somebody takes advantage of you, you 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 hope they go out of business. You're like, man, F you. Like we, we got to be fair. We got to be affordable because we're all trying to get to that point. But yeah, Donald the Voice is the man. I heard him on Secret to Success. I heard him on Social Proof. I heard him on His and Her Money. I heard him on... What else have I heard him on? Those big time. Those are the most recent ones. Yeah, man. He is out there. So we're going to get into this last tweet right here. You said, nothing is usually as difficult as it seems in your mind. Action is key. I forgot why I posted that. Um, something happened. And I was just like, man, when you're thinking about these things, you're thinking of all the things that could go wrong or the things why it's difficult or the things why it won't happen. But if you just hop out there and do it, you'll realize that it's not as difficult as you were kind of like making it up in your mind to be. Um, I don't know the exact reference, which would probably make this a more impactful like response. But a lot of us kind of create mountains in our head that allow us to kind of avoid executing. And the only real value is in executing. I just interviewed this 19-year-old dude and he said something so profound. He said that he learned more when he did things and he failed. So he just went out there and just tried to fail more. And I was like, that's crazy. That is insane. Like who aims to fail? We don't aim to fail. We aim to succeed, but we don't realize that failure is a part of succeeding. But if you never fail, you never get success. And so a lot of people sabotage themselves because they're trying to protect themselves from failure when it's inevitable. So the only thing you really do is you land in mediocrity. And so I just thought that um, we just have to reshape our mind. I think that's the whole point of this whole podcast is getting us to think differently, getting us to see the world differently, getting us to act differently. And if we do those things, we'll get the things that we want. And so that's why a lot of the things that I say, people might kind of be taken aback by them, but it's really just to challenge you. It's to challenge you like, hey, all those things that you held true to yourself that have gotten you to where they are, maybe you need to rethink those. Maybe you need to approach life differently. And if you did, you could get what you want out of life. Yep. Take them out, Raphael. Yep. On that note, uh, be sure to pick up our ebook, Don't Be a Little B, Build a Little Business, uh, at gumroad.com slash tweet talk. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. Follow myself at work money life. Follow Charles at real Todd Billion. You can follow us on Instagram at tweet talk podcast. Follow Charles on Instagram at Todd Billion. Also follow Todd Capital on Instagram at Todd.capital. And we are just going to leave you with this one last tweet from Charles. It was kind of a, a more of a stock market tweet but i think it applies to so much more we said every day isn't green so keep that in mind we are in this for the long haul every day isn't green but you gotta keep pushing and we can do it man but tweet talk podcast is rafael and charles we are out yeah yeah yes this is donald the voice the official podcast editor and producer of the tweet talk podcast featuring of course charles oglesby and the man rafael husbands and look man if you just listen to this episode then you know exactly what i'm capable love you know my swag you know what i can do and so without any further ado i kind of want to give you a special offer for tweet talk podcast episode listeners and here's what it is head on over to donaldthevoice.com and if you have podcasts or video editing needs let's talk and of course i'm give you a real real nice deal but you have to mention that you're a tweet talk podcast listener and this offer isn't gonna last forever so if you're on social media or you have a business or you got something going on to where you need somebody to edit and produce your content come and holla at your boy and i promise to take care of you our dedicated listener to the tweet talk podcast again head over to donaldthevoice.com and hit the contact page and let's have a little conversation okay back to your day your evening your morning whatever's going on peace